on this episode, we discuss The Last Witch Hunter. Elliot, do I have to have seen the previous five witch hunters before this one to understand it? I don't think even seeing them will help. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, Dan McCoy. It's me, Stuart Wellington. Well, that was pretty cool. That Stuart <laughs> Wellington just had that voice like that. Yeah. You can. And I'm Elliot Kalen. You're confusing new listeners, Stuart. You're writing checks that your butt can't cash. So Wait, why, does I'm butt have here. a bank account? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Dan, are you saying that one, all the parts of Stuart's body have different bank accounts, or two, just his butt has like, one. All, I mean, all the teller Stuart should <laughs> refuse my butt attempting to cash <laughs> well, Can I see some you're... ID, sir? And it's just a driver's license with a butt <laughs> when instead of a face? When your butt opened up, uh, it's... Uh... When his butt opened up, <laughs> your oh, butt, did flies come yeah, out like in yeah, this movie? Yeah, 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 a bunch of guaulds came through because it's <laughs> a little Stargate. And when it, it, it opened a, you know, an account with the bank, it had a, it had a utility... Uh, with its name on it, Go a utility on. bill, a gas yeah. bill, not like utility belt, <laughs> a gas <Sure>. bill <laughs> for oh, your butt. I get it. Yeah, I get it. So I... anyway, Dan's fired. <laughs> it's just me and Stewart now. So guys, I was trying. You guys did I even my say my name? Case. Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay, I don't remember. You, do it. you guys put me on blast again this time because I was I opened up with my fucking dead on Vin Diesel impression. <laughs> Wait, that was your Vin <laughs> Diesel impression. Yeah, hold on, Dude. you sounded like Snake Plissken trying to do an impression of like a drive time radio. <laughs> it's guy. me, Vin Diesel, the last witch hunter. No, Vin Diesel's more. Hey, I'm Vin Diesel. It's me, Vin Diesel. Uh, Vin Diesel's more like. You know the Ingram. I think you guys are doing it wrong. (laughs) You're Dave Mustaine. You're Dave Mustaining all over the place. Vin Diesel sounds hello me. It's me, Vin Diesel again. (laughs) (laughs) No, Vin Diesel's more like this. Bag of rocks jingling around. Bag of rocks. Bag of rocks. That's what it says in the script. (laughs) It just says witch hunter, and then just shake a bag of pebbles. Guys, I got I got some problems with this dialogue. It just says bag of rocks over and over again. (laughs) Under casting notes, it says this is really a blacklist script. It says bag of rocks. Under under casting notes, it says less articulate rock biter. (laughs) Okay. The director was like, Vin, Vin, Vin. I'm understanding too many words. I need you to talk quieter and gravelier. Hey, speaking of Vin Diesel, how, how have you guys been uh, celebrating the return of Xander Cage? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the way we all do. <laughs> I put up my, uh, what, triple X wreath? Yeah. And uh, I've been keeping a candle in my window. <laughs> I've been vaping for days. <laughs> I, of course, we all had, you know, we all had the day off work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Xander Cage Day. <laughs> National yeah. holiday. Well, Federal you know, holiday. You know, my mother always told me mm-hmm. one day a Xander Cage would return. <laughs> sure. that there is a prophecy. Did she tell you as part of her Triple X State of the Union? <laughs> <laughs> so the Triple X series, we're not that's not what we watched, but yeah. what was that all about? Well, you He's know He's an extreme athlete. It's not your daddy's uh, James Bond. 
I mean, my daddy's James Bond was, I guess, like Roger Moore, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, that was my James Bond. That was my James Bond, too. How old are you guys? We're <laughs> approaching Elliot, 40. We're yeah, because voice. my James Bond was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Because I rejected Timothy Dalton like a donor kidney with a different blood type. I just rejected uh, him. Okay. Okay, wait. Yep. Because uh, I think that, the first... That the Living Daylight's so. okay. The, well, the, first, the first new James Bond movie I remember seeing was License to Kill. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I remember being like, mm, not entertained by this. Mm-hmm. Somebody should have put that movie out of its misery. Wait. <laughs> For Channel what? 11, I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> so, Dan, what do we do on this podcast? We uh, just slam right. Vin Diesel, talk about butts, and then old James Bond memories? That's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, so oh. you're welcome to Vin Diesel Slam Butt Memories, featuring James Bond. I feel bad making fun of Vin Slamming Vin. James Diesel's butt. <laughs> James. Yep, James, James Diesel's my father. You can call me Vin. <laughs> The I feel kind of it was bad. changed from Doozle at <laughs> on at Ellis Island to Diesel. Yeah. Well, the old <laughs> my originally Vin Doozle. <laughs> well, Vin Doozle ran on gasoline, but Vin Diesel <laughs> runs on what hydrocarbons? <laughs> runs on diesel. I guess gasoline is hydrocarbons too. So I I feel a little bad because there's I feel bad making fun of Vin Diesel. Not because yeah he's because had it hard. There's a chance. You know, he and I kind of run in the same like <laughs> you're both cool. Gamers. Yeah, we run the cool, same cool role playing game circles. There's a chance that he might accidentally listen to this podcast and be really sad, and I wouldn't want to accidentally listen to this podcast. Yeah, like, he might think it's a, like a, a cool gamer podcast where yeah. we talk Why? about what would we don't, <laughs> don't know, man. <laughs> oh, Blood Bowl MVP Stuart Wellington as a podcast. Sure. I bet it's all about gaming. The trivia for this movie uh, elaborates extensively on uh, Vin, Vin Diesel's D&D background and, and mentions that on the set of uh, on the set of what was, uh, the Chronicles of Riddick, he taught Judy Dench how to play D&D and she should have won an Oscar <laughs> for pretending for, to be interested in doing and then that. having to play like an air elemental or something in that. I don't remember what happened. So was it, was, was this movie based on D and D thing though, Stuart? No. Well, maybe, I don't know. This was a blacklist script. So, but it was rewritten multiple times. It was that blacklist though. It was the one that actually blacklist. It was the script. communist blacklist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we should I thought this was, this. I mean, this was, it was this a, was written by Dalton Trumbo. <laughs> This was a script for the TV show The Blacklist. Oh, with uh, James Spader, Spader, Mm -hmm. TV's Ultron. If you're watching Avengers 2 on TV. I love that. I love in that movie Trumbo where uh, Dalton Trumbo's ears were really big. I knew it was going to be a Dumbo joke. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. I don't remember that part. I knew how how creatively bankrupt you are. The angry glint in your eyes. When I heard when I heard Which the was most your obvious Trumbo joke, <laughs> you, you love could, Dumbo. I do love Dumbo. That's why you I should. also made the Trumbo Dumbo connection and was looking for a new idea from you. No, you couldn't even have done. You could have at least made a trombone joke. That's a much worse joke. <clears throat> really? Because it doesn't rhyme. When I was in high, when I was in is middle that, wait, school, hold, band. hold on a second. Hold on a second. That's is this, the mark of a good is, joke. Is all is day rhyming. is your whole workday. You trying to explain to Trevor Noah that his jokes don't work because they're not rhyming? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, well, especially because he, you know, he pronounces everything in a South African accent. So things that should rhyme 
don't. Oh, I see. I'm like this, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta do American comedy now. You gotta rhyme your words. <laughs> it's all about rhymes. You gotta, you gotta speak good and rhyme your words. <laughs> so, but we watched a movie called The Witch. Yeah, Last Witch. You Hunter. set up. You set me up for the traditional uh, explanation of the podcast, then, and I never. I think I undercut <laughs> that though. So, what do we do in this podcast? We <laughs> watch a bad movie and then we talk about. And what it. did we watch this time? We watched The Last Witch Hunter. Now, here's the thing about The Last Witch Hunter. It's also... Could it's have been, been taking up some space on Dan's DVR lately. <laughs> Every time we, we're going to watch something, Dan goes, no, we can watch The Last Witch Hunter or we can watch this other movie. Yeah. And we always pick the other movie. <laughs> uh, Rightfully yep, so. The Last Witch Hunter gets ready to step up and then's like, oh, not my time. Not it's so okay. Fast. <laughs> It's all and, right. And meanwhile, there's all these. Dan is constantly deleting all the shows he wants to watch to make room for the last witch hunter from his overflowing TiVo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's uh, I don't know. What... So long, scandal. <laughs> Gotta get on. So, so long, long, late consequence. So long, all property <laughs> brothers. Consequence. Yeah, with Joan Severance and yeah, Billy no, I know which one you're talking about. I know the Joan like, Severance, the Black Scorpion. So long. Orange is the New Black, which I somehow TiVo'd even though it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. So, but Last Witch Hunter could have also been called The Witch Hunter. Because uh-huh. there's only one witch hunter in it. His mm-hmm. name's Vincent Diesel. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Diesel. Mm-hmm. And he, the movie opens, in as Stuart would times. say, in media res, <laughs> <Yeah>. smash cut. <laughs> it's uh, the 13th century. Mm. Or maybe it's the 14th century. He says he's been doing this for 800 years. So I guess it's the 13th century. It's about the early 13th century. And Vin Diesel in a very unpersuasive beard. Let's just call it that. Yeah. Let's call it a facial hair and top of head hair combination that looks like Vin Diesel's face was used for one of those Wooly Willy toys. Yeah. And where a, use magnet filings to create beards. And a top, shaved sides of the head, but with a longer top of the head hair. Uh I th- it looks like a little bit like when uh, Gimli draws like a fantasy version of himself. <laughs> uh, that's that's what he would draw. Uh, and so he is part of a band of, I guess, witch hunters. So you know what? He is the last of those witch hunters. A plague has hit the land. That land, not important to know. That Somewhere plague, in Europe, I guess. Probably the bubonic plague. It's some plague. I mean, that's the, like the top plague. That's the, the yeah, yeah that's one. your grade A plague. Yeah, all you have to do, you, you can just say the plague, and people know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's and like share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's <laughs> the a plague. plague. Is like share. <laughs> wow. In that, uh, put it on the put it on the book for this podcast. Put it on the, the packaging did for you this see podcast. When the plague did that. Uh, if I could turn back time video and then wearing like a thong under a body stocking. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe the Navy allowed her to use a ship for that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It was, can, it was a movie. Yeah, you can really see all her boils and pustules. What? <laughs> She's the plague. Dan. <laughs> what is wrong? Uh, you ha- you sense. shouldn't have to ask what is wrong. <laughs> Everything I'm saying tracks. So Does it? <laughs> so the, the wi- they're hunting down the a witch because what caused this plague was a witch. And not just any witch, but the witch queen. Mm-hmm. Which old witch, Elliot? <laughs> the wicked witch. Okay. <laughs> Now, this movie posits the question, are you a good witch or a bad witch? Because there is a good witch in it. There's mm-hmm. a very bad witch in it. Her name is the Witch Queen. Mm-hmm. And she is, she says what she says, a witch queen. Yeah. They managed to stop her through the application of iron and fire. She yep. looks kind of like a Samara crossed with a Freddy Krueger. A what? Crossed uh, a Samara crossed with a Freddy Krueger. You might know her as Sadako from The Ring. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks, Stuart, for decoding Dan's gibberish. <laughs> well, it was not gibberish. I was, I mean, other than mispronouncing it the first time, it was, you know, a perfectly cromulent Elliot, word. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Elliot recognizes uh, that character more from Ringu as opposed to the ring. Yeah, exactly. That was the problem that I had. Uh, and this Witch Queen character also has a ponytail it, that's prefer, also a spawn. I prefer Ringu old world style <laughs> <laughs> to Prego. <laughs> Uh, yeah. th- wait, so you were saying the witch has what? There's a ponytail that's a spine. Yeah, and the witch is a combination. Okay. Wow, already opening the second one. Oh, and he's overflowing. <laughs> Thanks for, there's beer all over my table. Great. The Dan McCoy story. Oh, uh, now Stuart's drinking the beer off of the table. Archie, Archie, no, go no don't. Okay, get so my anyway, while Stuart cleans that up, uh, that was a little bit of excitement for the v- listening audience. Yeah, so that's, that's color. So the witch introduces a theme of the movie, which is unconvincing special effects, uh, CGI based. And while she's fighting Vin Diesel, because Vin Diesel is the only one of these witch hunters that is worth a damn fighting witches and zombie monsters, mm-hmm. uh, he manages to stab her through the heart, but then she grabs his heart. And says, I'm going to curse you with immortality. You'll never know the peace of death as long as my heart is... Oh, no, we don't know that yet. Sorry. You'll never know the peace of death. Cut to... And as we all pointed out... I'm back. I cleaned up the mess. Cut to modern day. And Dan, you were saying? No, I mean, just as we all kind of felt like of the curses you can curse someone with... Immortality is not one of the, the 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 top ones in terms of the harm that it does to someone. I mean, eventually, obviously... It Here's becomes a curse. Eventually, you would think it would wear you down that over, after centuries of seeing all your loved ones die. But, and just seeing like the worst that humanity can offer yes. over and over and over. But Vin Diesel, when we get catch up to him in the present, seems to be, if anything, better well-adjusted yeah. than he was before. He's super chipper, he, and he has a sports car that he tools around in. And a sports coat. Where it, a sports coat, a sports car, sports <laughs> magazines, <laughs> a sports watch. Uh-huh. A sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> I assume he has the album Sports by Huey Lewis in the news, just playing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are inter- we are introduced. Well, that's why you can't you can't be sad while it's playing. That's no. why it's so well no, adjusted. No, of course you know he wears he, a, he finally has, it's hip to be square. He has a large collection of uh, collared shirts that he, under no circumstance, will try and close entirely <laughs> and wear. Is a tie. he wearing a tie with his suit? I don't think so. Which hunters don't is do my that? Favorite moment in what is that? Fast and Furious Six, Ab Fab the movie. When they, no one knows which, whichever one where they go to like when they go to Dubai and they're like all of a sudden they all like show up in party clothes, and you get to see everybody show up in tuxes, and I'm like Vin Diesel is not gonna be able to wear a bow tie, and of course he is not because you can't fit that around. No, he's got a massive neck. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. a he's in amazing shape. Uh, he, we reintroduced him on an airplane where he has to talk some sense into a young teenage witch who has a bunch of weather stones, magic crystals that control the weather and are causing turbulence. And once he solves that problem, he immediately goes and hits on a stewardess cut to we're in New York. Old man priest, Michael Caine is waiting for his appointment with Vin Diesel. The stewardess leaves. Of course he banged her. Come on. He's the last witch hunter. And he, and Michael Caine has given us kind of a what's going on in the world. We're in a modern day where there's a temporary truce between magical creatures and non-magical people. It yeah, appears the like witches. Cross and, and the Axe or something like the, that. There's an organization called the Cross and the Axe, which is, I guess, affiliated with the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. which has a deal with the witch council. Where witches <laughs> will lay low and not eat people in exchange for the church not burning them all. It's your yeah. regular Camarilla type setup, or I don't know, Hogwarts and shit. Or like, what's the underworld thing? Is that 
where it's the is there's a truce between werewolves lichens and vampires and or something? Vampires or yeah. whatever. Why are like. they called lichens? Just call them werewolves because they're impossible not they're to like. <laughs> that would be great if there if there's a fundamental misunderstanding of that script and they have a bunch of like just like green things growing on logs and like it was like and I don't know why they're fighting like- vampires. <laughs> we got a problem here. Uh, uh Mr. Our, Kate Beckinsale, okay. we got a problem here. Our special effects department really didn't understand the script. <laughs> and we don't have the money to change. All right. scene after scene of vampires punching logs. <laughs> the director's like, Kate, I know that the uh, cat suit you're wearing was already carrying most of the movie, but we're going to need to do a little extra work mm-hmm. today. <laughs> uh, so... There's this there's this pact. Everything's going hunky dory fine. Every now and then Vin Diesel has to go put slap some knowledge on some witches. He lives in a rad bachelor pad full of weapons and mm-hmm. old timey trinkets and artifacts. He's got a fucking pool table in his apartment, dude. Whoa. He's living the dream. <laughs> and he spends his time repairing old pocket watches. <laughs> I'm kinda surprised that he and Michael Caine don't dance on a giant floor keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and so Michael Caine is is his handler, his most recent handler, and he which are called Dolans. Pocket watches. You know that character would be painting little fucking Warhammer dudes. <laughs> I that's probably he probably was like, Couch is gonna need a hobby. Uh, maybe I paint Warhammer figures. <laughs> They're like, well, well, I gotta do something with my hands. Uh, okay, what if you repair pocket watches? Mm, but. Is okay when I perform it. I'm gonna pr- pretend I'm painting Warhammer <laughs> figures. Sure, it's not just a good don't Vin make Diesel impression. Just don't do. Just please don't do the effects of the sounds of them fighting while you mm-hmm. paint. Yeah, yeah. Of course you do that. Please, with okay, Vin. Let's stop the take. <clears throat> Remember, those are watches. You shouldn't be describing stop the characters them against and other then ones. and then saying dialogue about them. No, no. I, I was I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. I'm way. I'm. An, it's so hard for me not to enunciate better than Vin Diesel does in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to hear him at different points. And there are Vin Diesel performances, let me just say, that I like in past movies. Mm-hmm. I have a... Uh, I don't hate Vin Diesel. I, a, I didn't like it when he was hitting on that reporter. That was really creepy and weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Wait, just looking at his work... Yeah, using his body of work to inform you on the qualities of the man, Vin Diesel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, you were I, just telling us how much you love the character Dominic Toretto. From uh, the Fast and the, and the Furious, yeah. <laughs> the Furious, the from Fast and Furious, yeah. Um, so, so let's just do the plot of the movie. Oh, okay. It's super dumb. So uh, Michael Caine is retiring as his handler, uh, and he says, "What if? Uh, what would you do if <laughs> this was your about? last? What's, what's it all about, Al, uh, Vin Diesel? <laughs> what do we fall, Master Witch Hunter?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's he's got some mission for him the next day. I don't know. He's going to retire. And Elijah Wood is going to take over as Vin Diesel's handler. He's an up-and-coming young priest. But Michael Caine's character is murdered by witches. Mm -hmm. And now Vin Diesel is going to have to solve the mystery with the help of his sidekick, Elijah Wood. Except Elijah Wood kind of disappears from the movie for most of it. To go model uh, turtlenecks, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's always wearing turtlenecks with blazers over them. uh, And it looks like either... Either he's wearing like a fencing outfit or uh, he's like on a sailing vessel. He's either a sea captain for a cruise yeah. ship or, or he, he is, is a- in a new relationship that is very hickey heavy. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, he is a professional ball player in the 70s on a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just turtleneck with a blazer over it. Yeah. Maybe he's Leonard Nimoy hosting he's, he's a special Elliot about Gould. the paranormal. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's Elliot Gould now, all the time. Uh, but Elijah Wood kind of disappears. But he explains, we met before when I was a kid. Witches burned my parents' house down, and you saved me. Which raises the question, what did your parents do that your witches wanted to burn your house down? We learn the answer later. Now, there's something about Elijah Wood that's a little off. This is just naturally part of Elijah Wood's persona and his mm-hmm. presence. It really works in some movies. It doesn't work so much in movies like, like this. Like Lord of the Rings, where he plays this ethereal drug addict named Frodo. Or even in like <laughs> The Trust, the movie we watched with Nicolas Cage, where he's playing a character who is like also on drugs, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like a little off. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in a movie like this, it's one of those movies where the minute you see him, you're like, oh, it's going to turn out he's a bad guy, right? And you don't learn that until six minutes before the movie's over, but you still know it. Yeah, I mean, if they had, if he had been in the movie more and had done had more things to do in the movie, maybe we wouldn't have suspected him. Yes. Now, they find a witch who seems to be related, to, who seems to have caused the crime. And Vin Diesel thinks he's been working with other witches. But the Witch Council, which is entirely made up of, I think, G.E. Smith's band from Saturday Night Live, <laughs> they can they uh, don't want to look and in, investigate any further, and they condemn this lone man witch to, <laughs> which I realize now is not the word for that. It's a warlock. A man witch is like what, like canned meat it's or something. What's for dinner, like dude? <laughs> it's like a sloppy Joe. Now, how, sloppy whatever Joe happened man to, witch. to Sloppy Joe's brother? Neat and tidy Joe. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> it's cousin, Wait, why are they related? Bazooka it, Joe. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a goofus and gallant thing in like Sloppy Joe and Clean Joe sandwich. Uh-huh. Sloppy Joe gets all over your clothes. Clean Joe is easy to I wipe can't off. They're related because of their first name. <laughs> <laughs> His first name is Sloppy. His last name oh, is Joe. Oh, that makes more sense. It's that makes sense. The Joe family of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sandwiches. Witches, okay. and they punish this man witch. <laughs> sorry, punish this warlock by uh, using a little metal scorpion to activate a giant stick and skull monster, which sucks him into hell. I guess through yeah. his so flaming as, maw. As soon as this effect started, I was like, "Fuck! You don't need to do more special effects, movie." But then the monster was kind of cool, so I was okay with it. I mean, the monster's cool looking. I mean, it, it the, the only problem with it is it looks super CGI, but I don't know how you would do like a stick and skull monster that wouldn't be CGI. You'd do it as a puppet. Yeah. Uh, exhibit A, the dark crystal. Remember those mm-hmm. things that, that they send out to capture the... The Gartham? Heroes? Yeah, the Gartham, thank you, that are essentially crab monsters. Yeah, they're like giant cicadas. And sure, once you realize that it's just two legs with a bunch of floppy things attached to the puppeteer's legs to make it look like there's a lot of legs... It's not that realistic anymore, but I bet they could pull that off nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking to a big puppet fan, man. I'm a puppet man. <laughs> puppet fan, man. <laughs> I'm a puppet master. Uh, oh, that do not make that claim. <laughs> no, puppet master. Andres impli- Toulon will take his revenge. Now, that also implies that you can a- operate puppets. Is that the case? I mean, I've got a hand, don't I? I can stick that thing up someone's butt. <laughs> that's not okay. That's a that's proctology. Work. That's proctology mastery. <laughs> that's not puppet mastery. So Dan, if you open up the dictionary, which is Dan's dictionary, and you yeah. look up puppetry, it's like an Ambrose thing. It says puppetry noun: the act of sticking your hand up someone's butt. <laughs> so anyway, but Vin Diesel's on the case, and he's suspicious. And what do you know? After a trip to a guy who's making. A, 
uh, who are making bug Mike, cupcakes for people to eat. And we find out Michael Caine isn't dead. He's in a state of suspended animation now, and cursed by that's another right. witch. But, He's been cursed because they tried to get some information out of him. And he left a clue for Vin Diesel. Remember your death. I don't understand this on Michael Caine's part. Because he, like, he clearly knew the, everything about... We haven't gotten to it yet, but the heart is what's keeping Michael Caine or, or Vin Diesel alive. It's what what's heart? keeping all of us alive. <laughs> now, what heart are you talking about, Dan? The heart of the witch. So the witch queen, they keep saying in the beginning, destroy her heart and she'll be destroyed. And it's like, yeah, that's everything. That's mm-hmm. not just witches. Yeah. If you destroyed my heart, I wouldn't be around anymore. Yeah, it's like saying her one weakness is bullets. <laughs> you know, the only thing that will kill her is the same things that kill other people. <laughs> I mean, that was in the olden days, Dan. I mean, they didn't have yeah, that would be pretty, that'd be some complicated right. magic. Their weakness is getting kicked in the <laughs> kicked in the They're gut. like, her only, one of, she only has a few weaknesses. Strangulation, <laughs> drowning, fire, falling from high Karate heights. Chops. If you just like squeeze her throat till she can't breathe anymore, she's dead. Like maybe you like cutting through her neck, making maybe making a small cut that gets infected. <laughs> doing a really cool pile driver, doing a tombstone pile driver, <laughs> doing a suplex, doing two suplexes. Now, <laughs> let's say we had some kind of a motorized device, a mechanical horse, if you will. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better word, let's call it a motored cycle. And uh, she was on that and she was doing a very sharp turn and it kind of tipped over and she wasn't wearing uh, a helmet. I guess we have those back now. Uh, <laughs> she's not wearing one of those and so there's a lot of brain trauma mm-hmm. that could easily do it or at the very least put her in a coma she might not get out of. And at that point, just stab her. Who knows? Just, just take her off life support. Again, a thing we don't have now but sure. in this hypothetical world I'm describing it exists. Yeah. If her prone body was being supported by a bunch of, I don't know, sticks and weeds and stuff, we would call that life support, I think. <laughs> now, here's, okay, we haven't yet discovered the new world, and in fact, all we know is this world, so I'm just, I don't know where that phrase came from. But imagine they had some kind of leaf, which you could dry out and then light fire to, and there was a pleasing smoke that came from it that you would inhale into your lungs. If you did that, and uh, you're the witch, if the witch would do that for, <laughs> say, years, to the point that her lungs were affected, and again, the industry says there's no scientific link between these two <laughs> outcomes, but I, you know what? I'm just going to go by anecdotal evidence on this one, uh, that if she ingested enough of the smoke and hurt her lungs enough, that eventually that would give her, let's just call it uh, emphysema after emphys over there, who's one of our, one of our party. Hello, it's me, me emphys. <laughs> and his root- favorite drink, Zima. <laughs> also a thing we have, right? <laughs> we have that, right? Uh, along with boxes of Boku, uh, which you old Richard Lewis has been shilling uh, around the campfire. <laughs> now, now uh, if, if she gains this disease, then that would also kill her and we would not have to worry about the witches anymore. Okay, we're ready to go and break. So that's Let's kill the, this witch, everybody! It's the same level of exposition we get in almost every scene of <laughs> yeah, this movie. This movie loves to explain things. So when Vin Diesel decides, I have to revisit the memory of my death when I was made immortal. And where else to do that but at a witch bar, an underground witch bar that serves witches, where there's a young English witch who owns it, I guess, and gives him a spell for going back into his memories. But if he gets hurt in his memories, then he gets hurt in real life. Yep. There's it's a lot like of Inception. There's a lot of dream walking in this. Mm-hmm. And what he learns from his death memories eventually, after fighting a big bearded guy named Belial, uh, is that it's in what's essentially the fight between Wolverine and the really heavy guy who can control mass in the Hellfire Club. Now I've got a question. Is that the White Bishop? Is he the White Bishop? I I, or remember. maybe he's the... 
I don't know. I can never remember their titles. I know Sebastian Shaw is the Black King, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you think- and Emma Frost is the White Queen because that's her name. Yeah, and Selena is what the Black Queen. Mm-hmm. But then there's is Pierce one of them? Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, yeah, Do- Pierce, yeah, Pierce Brosnan, Elliot's James Bond. That's mm-hmm. how he got to be James Bond. Was he was a member of the Mutants Only Hellfire Club? <laughs> yep, and uh, the Reavers had to sit off camera during the 007 <laughs> movies <laughs> to protect him. Yep. Now I have a question. Sure, lay it on me. Uh, then so, I'll tell you the secret of why Vin Diesel's death needed to be remembered. Now it involves a heart. Um. So I, as often happens. Was not paying attention for part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, how did? What were you doing? Michael were you Caine? looking at Twitter? Would you? Was it Facebook? Were you just using an etch sketch? Probably all doing? those at the same time. Okay, but uh, were you carefully trying to arrange the perfect bite of Chinese food on your spoon? <laughs> <laughs> I have to get as much umami in, in here as possible. Umami. Mm, anyway, uh, <laughs> just learned a little bit about Dan that I didn't want to know. So. So, um, how did Michael Caine get across the idea that you need to go look at your past? Like, he so there's a I book. missed that bit. So he has a book that got left behind, and as often happens no, in these got, movies, so it was just a pile of clothes. What? No, wait. That's when somebody gets taken to heaven. Is there? <laughs> yeah, a they're pile raptured. Of yeah. He left a so in his apartment where they investigated. He left behind a book in which, as often happens when you're dying. You have enough time to flip through the pages of a book and find the exact words you need and then put your bloody fingerprint on it to mark them. So okay. he, with his bloody finger, marked the words, remember your death. And Vin Diesel, because he's amazing at skimming books, he's like Johnny Five from Short Circuit. He can just read a whole book just by flipping through the pages. Okay. He flipped through and found those blood marks almost instantly. Because I I missed, because I missed this, I was, I was basically like, why did Michael Caine, instead of just being like, hey, Vin Diesel, remember your death, he could have been like, Vin Diesel... That the witch's heart is still out there. Go find it. Well, one, it's a secret that the witch's heart is still out there. Two, Michael Caine, they're not talking to him directly. He's in a he's in a death coma. Yeah. They're searching his stuff. So unless he left like an Obi-Wan Kenobi hologram behind. Right. Or I guess Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't leave a hologram. She, he gets it called. By, he shows hologram. up as a fucking force ghost, dude. Unless he leaves a Mads Mikkelsen hologram behind with that uh, doesn't come out and say, here's what the thing you need to hit in the Death Star is, but tells you if you go to this place and you do a thing using some mecha gloves, you'll be able to find the blueprints that have the shortcut to blowing up the Death Star. Again, I could just tell you right now. Really what his his real purpose is to make Saw Gerrera realize, you know what? I should stop fighting. It's time for me to die in a fireball. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're saying that the point of how this came down is basically... We need different video game levels that the hero has to go through till he gets to the end. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, we would call them movies now. But okay. <laughs> essentially, a movie is just a, is just a promotional tool for the video game based on the movie. A movie is a video game for your mind. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. I guess when you look at a video game, is a movie is the laziest type of video game because there's no interaction to it. Uh-huh. It's like just watching your friend play, or like if you could just <laughs> yeah, put on yeah, cutscenes only mode. I sit there watching Manchester by the Sea, being like, "Why won't they do anything when I hit the X button? No, I keep telling them to fucking jump, dude." You're sitting watching Manchester by the Sea, going like, "Give me a turn." <laughs> How come you get to keep playing as Casey Affleck? I want to dodge. Run home, run home. <laughs> dodge. I want to go back and do that bonus round where you fix the woman's plumbing. <laughs> That's now, a shitty a, side what would, quest. What would a Manchester by the Sea video game entail, anyway? <laughs> and I'm not saying if, and it's not like an RPG or like a text-based adventure. That's too easy. It's got to be like a side scro- side-scrolling platformer. 
Just ride, uh, if you haven't seen Manchester by the Sea, just ride that 15 second skip button for about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for all the spoilers for Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> there's a pretty big spoiler in the I middle. I mean, there's of the a movie. couple of spoilies. Yeah. I mean, the part where it turns out he's Batman. What? It wasn't Ben at all. That's it was Casey. crazy. And at, the end, at the end, where he shoots Jesse James in the back. <laughs> the, the twist where it turns out that Manchester is actually by the desert. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. It's a dune sea. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that you're reading a book called Manchester by some guy who's pretentiously named himself The C. <laughs> the letter C? Yeah, and that's why it's for Cookie, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> no, Manchester by the Sea. What if it was like a Street Fighter-type fighting game? Yeah, well, it'd be like, have, like, is this fighting like, grief? <laughs> and then there's Wait, there's only two options for and, characters you can play. Yeah. He encounters Michelle Williams, and she's trying to like talk to him. He's like, no, punch, punch. Or it's like, You're making me feel too many feelings. Punch, punch. Side quest. Identify your brother's body in the morgue. <laughs> How are there side quests in a fighting game? Well, like that. Is that like the level where you where you like clunk and you beat up a car? Yeah, yeah. that where you get points by beating up a car. Okay, your story checks out. <laughs> the Street Fighter level that's based on the little movie after the black or white video by Michael Jackson, <laughs> where he's just beating up a car for some reason. And people were like, why is he doing that? And it's like, he was a panther a moment ago. Are you? I mean, I'm just glad he's taking human form again. I was just watching The Simpsons 15 minutes ago, and now this is happening? Now I'm living in this strange world. Oh. I can a, never, I remember as a kid. Being I mean, not he told sure us he why, was fucking bad, right? He explained to us how bad he was at, <laughs> so at length. Come on. He told us to beat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this makes sense. It was a thriller. He's a smooth criminal. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's all right there in front of us. All yeah. he wants to say is that you don't really care about us. Yep. Follow the breadcrumbs. Hey, remember the times? <laughs> <laughs> that was afterwards. That came later. Uh, sure. But it's still him, right? <laughs> I think uh, is that the one where he like morphs out of a like a like it's sand because yeah. it's ancient, ancient Egypt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, look, it's all ancient history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on. So Vin Diesel, man in the mirror. <laughs> Vin, yeah, Vin Diesel picks up a sidekick, a new sidekick. Elijah Wood just wasn't cutting it as a no. sidekick, so he picks up this young English lady witch, and he learns that the heart that he thought was destroyed from the Queen Witch, if it if they had destroyed it, it would have killed him as well. He's bonded to it magically so the axes and crosses church has been keeping it around so that he can fight witches for centuries yeah the the main guy lied to vin diesel and instead he took that heart and he just stuck it in his pocket mm-hmm. he's like hey, more heart for me and when when Stu says stuck in his pocket he literally stuck it in his pocket <laughs> yeah. he took yeah. a witch's heart and just <laughs> that was slipped it into his, the, I mean, his was- robe pocket as if like being like no one saw that, right? <laughs> that was like back in the day when dudes would just walk around with like a sausage wrapped in wax paper in their pocket, dude. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine if you like bumped into some fucking dude and he just pulls a sausage wrapped in wax paper out of <laughs> his pocket, much, how starts much, gnawing on, on that thing, how dude? How much wax paper were, they, were people making and buying in the 13th century? I don't know. It was a pretty important commodity though, right? <laughs> they had paper. They had wax. They just, you know, wax so you that think paper. It was like, they <laughs> just guess. left that thing wet in their pocket? Yeah, I think so. Oh, man. It was a gross time. Everyone was dying. So that's what I'm saying. Like, a fucking crazy witch heart that is totally CGI, so it's not that gross. <laughs> You're right. It's not mushy or, or gloppy. No, it was, it was basically a big cinder at that point, but still. Mm-hmm. And that'll keep him warm on I'm the not, walk home. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not putting a witch heart in my 
coat. Okay. So don't ask Your me. objection is noted. <laughs> I won't ask you to carry a witch heart in your coat, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I know that now, so I don't have the embarrassment of trying to get you to carry my witch heart and you telling me no. Look, I love now you I'm guys. I'm standing there with a witch heart that I can't get carried. <laughs> but uh, there are limits, man. So after so we find gotta, that out. He's got to destroy the heart. He has to find out where the heart is. The answer, home. Home's <laughs> always where the heart is, but not in this movie. Uh, and to make a long story short. Sometimes it's in San Francisco. Be fair. Good. Okay. Some people leave their hearts there. The mm-hmm. lost and found. Have you ever been to lost and found in San Francisco? <laughs> Piles of hearts. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Ironically, also, the grocery stores in San Francisco also have piles of ca- beef hearts in them. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that's <laughs> ironic. <laughs> it's not dramatic irony. I mean, it's ironic because San Francisco sold its cows. Mm. Uh, <laughs> in oh. order to get, but then someone got them beef hearts as a as a gift. Oh, yeah, okay. I think it was Captain oh, Beefheart who did it. Oh, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's how he got his name. He just he's just very generous with beef hearts. Well, he was, out beef he was a Johnny Appleseed type, <laughs> and that's also what got him promoted through the ranks. Captain Beefheart just going around leaving beef hearts around, mm-hmm. and everyone and he's like, and none like, of these beef hearts are grown into beef heart trees. You people are doing it wrong. <laughs> Someone catch that guy. Take him to the fucking sanitarium. And there was only one guy who was tough enough to catch him, a bounty hunter by the name of Zappa. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Boz Skaggs. <laughs> <laughs> and his two henchmen, Deacon Blues and Kid Charlemagne. Okay. Sure. Steely Dan song. Okay, All fine. Right. I'm not a big Steely I don't really know Steely You're not Dan, a Steely really. fan? What about you, Steely <laughs> Dan? <I> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Last Witch Hunter. So okay, anyway, I'll see you guys later. So Belly... Okay, well, I'll see you. <laughs> so, it happened again. <laughs> Stewart's beer. It happened again. His beer overfloweth. That's eh, okay. Not as much as last time. No. Yeah, you're like, that's okay. I don't live here. <laughs> this is Dan's <laughs> place. I don't give a shit if it's covered in beer. Yeah, it's not like a fucking Mogwai's gonna run up, lick it, and turn into a gremlin later. And then he'll be a drunk gremlin. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, so that counts as food? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say about getting him. I thought you were say about getting him wet, and then he multiplies. <laughs> it counts as both, right? <laughs> that's amazing. It's beer. Yeah, it's a good. Thing I that think Billy I have a spec script for Gremlins Three. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a brewery, and yeah. Billy is like, "Why did we take Gizmo to this brewery tour?" Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, he doesn't even drink. He's a real hophead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's a home brewer. He needs a hobby. Yeah, he's left at home all day. He's got to do something. You talking about Gizmo now? Gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like he has he has a job, Elliot. <laughs> So I did Gizmo like very like wearily punching in and punching well, out. Yeah, he puts on a three-piece cage. cage. He's gonna write his memoirs. Come on, <laughs> I'd read those. <laughs> You're telling me you wouldn't? <laughs> what would his memoirs be called? I'm trying to sit here and. Uh, well, there'd be like Mogwai half, days or something like half that. The book would be like the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, but with Gizmo like in adventures. So right? it's what him like fighting in World War One, but with very realistic CGI backgrounds. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like don't get me wet with him like shrugging. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's not my fault. It's called Don't Wet the Small Stuff, <laughs> and it's and the and the cover photo is him, and you just see people's legs next to him because he's so short, and he's like. Hey. Yeah. Are you there, Stripe? It's me, Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where were we? So we, the witch gets brought back to life by Belial, the guy who was set up as the villain of the movie, but 
really isn't. He's only in a couple scenes, and Vin Diesel just defeats this witch by shooting him. I uh, know uh, he throws a knife through his neck. Oh, that's right. He the, the witch is trying to shoot him because with all the magic at his command, he decides a sawed-off shotgun is the better way to try to get the immortal witch hunter. Uh, but the witch comes back, the queen witch. Vin Diesel's got to stop her because in a couple days, her big hive of soul-stealing flies that take over people's minds will erupt out of a church in the middle of New York. Mm-hmm. They have to walk through some dreams to to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, an elaborate mythos that is not worth getting into. It comes down to the final moments. Our three favorite characters, Vin Diesel, the last witch hunter. Uh, Elijah Wood, Captain Turtleneck. Mm-hmm. And, and lady a, and a and lady witch. and lady barkeep Chloe I think her name that's is. I think it I think you're right I could not remember who has is. one really great moment when Vin Diesel is suiting up and she she says like who says a witch can't hunt other witches and then does this little move with her hand like she's supposed to be spinning a knife the knife does not spin at all I think they were like we'll add it in post <laughs> they don't add it in post and Vin Diesel looks at her. I think it's supposed to be a like a knowing look, like oh. But instead, he just looks at her like, "What did you just wait? Say? Is it my cue? What's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> great? Do I have another line in the scene, or is that is that how we're ending the scene? Now, the we haven't talked about Chloe a lot, but she's just been following Vin Diesel around. Sometimes she helps him. Sometimes she reminds him of what's important to him, which is his wife and child, which we see in. So <laughs> if anyone's seen the movie The Pawnbroker, which is a mm-hmm. heartbreaking film starring Rod Steiger, where he is a Holocaust survivor who is haunted by memories of his wife and his daughter who he lost in the Holocaust. And now he's and that he's reacted to that by withdrawing within himself. I don't know why, but <laughs> that has somehow been filtered through into action movies. As a, It's now the shorthand where it's like, this guy, if you want to make a uh, this tough guy seem justified, give him a wife and child, and then imply that they died at some point, or just you know were murdered by somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's like this justifies absolute force. And it's one. Of, it's the weird thing of like we're given no reason to care about his family ever. And every flashback we see, he's wearing that goofy beard and goofy hair. Yeah, and it, he is. He's not a man who looks natural with a beard, and and you're just—it's just—and no, I mean, like he's dandling the baby, and you you just keep hoping that the baby's going to grab that beard off just of him. Pull it you off. Mean, you mean the baby that he's he's holding in his arms one moment, and then the shot shifts slightly, yeah, and then he's like holding a bunch jump of jump cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and he's horrified. Oh, logs! I gave birth to logs. And if to, well, I didn't give birth to logs, but you to, know what I mean. To, to judge by his memories, all he did with his family was hang around a stream and twirl them, and that was his whole life before, I guess, he got into the witch hunting biz. Which, in a way, that, that would be like if Luke Skywalker spent all of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, like, complaining that he wasn't shitting around on a moisture farm. <laughs> <laughs> like clearly Luke's life improved. Um, I don't, I'm it gonna, clearly I'm gonna take got better. He got here. to meet his dad. <laughs> he got his hand replaced with a dope ass metal hand. That's he true. met Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Finally. What's that guy's deal? He's like a giant slug. <laughs> I as <laughs> as someone with a family, I will say that as cool as being an immortal witch hunter would be, I think it would they not make up for losing back. my family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's why he feels guilty because in his heart he felt that before they died. Well, he was like, "I'd be such a good witch hunter. I'd be able to really dedicate myself to witch hunting if I didn't have these responsibilities." But like nothing in his performance or story, other than in these flashbacks, indicates that he is anything but 
loving it. He's yeah, that being a witch hunter in the 21st century is the best thing that ever happened to him. He's got a fucking pool table in his living room, dude. <laughs> All right. And he's in like a fancy apartment building. That shit must have been heavy to carry up. <laughs> you think he did it? Hell yeah, dude. He's super tough. <laughs> I feel like for so, like well, okay, so they get some sort of significant birthday for Stuart. We just need to pool our money and buy him a pool table. Just, that's what he wants. Like, Clearly, we'll just, like, we'll just like uh, All the clues a, a framed glossy that's autographed by Vin Diesel <laughs> of him uh, playing pool. Give <laughs> <laughs> me that six by ten. Some mm-hmm. some Flophouse fan, you better get us a photograph of Vin Diesel playing pool somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it be- don't grab it off the internet. You take a picture of him in a pool hall. And if he's dressed in his last witch hunter costume, which is just his regular clothes, go ahead. You know he shows up to pool halls in like a dope ass international male <laughs> leather coat. <laughs> with like a mesh sleeveless shirt. And uh, with a pool cue that he has to like screw, screw five on. parts together. Where <laughs> <laughs> it's like it comes all bent and he goes like this and goes whew, and just whips it out and it goes clack, 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 clack. And it all <laughs> and it turns shit. into one stiff pool cue. <laughs> But it's like Daredevil's Billy Club. It folds up into a bunch of little pieces. Yep, and he's got some like silent blind guy behind him, and you're like, whoa, that guy's got to be crazy. And the guy like blesses his cue with some <laughs> kind of weird magic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they're at the final witch battle with the Queen Witch. Elijah Wood, it turns out, is uh, is was been a spy the whole time. He says, those parents who burned my house down, who were witches, those witches who burned my house down, those were my parents. But I was born without magic, and now that I've helped the He's witch a queen, now that I've helped the witch queen, which really, like, that must be a recessive trait to non-magic if two witches have a baby, right? I mean, do you think it's more common to for boy children to not have magic? What do you think? There's plenty of male witches in the movie. Mm-hmm. Or man witches. The man witches. <laughs> They're delicious. Uh, Do you think that it was a choice for him to have a, the turtleneck all the time because he was burnt? Do you think that they actually like thought that through? Maybe. I mean, the only time I mean, you see burnt, it's also stylish. Yeah. Yeah, it also looks great. Mm-hmm. I mean, genuinely, that's a look that I would like to have come back in full force. Yeah. Turtlenecks under blazers. I think it looks pretty cool. All Mainly right. because you look like the evil president of America in a movie made in the 1970s, but still. Or you look you look like someone who's trying to shut down Animal House. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to shut down Animal House. Those people are assholes. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I'm, not, I'm not putting a, like a value judgment on it. I'm just saying that's what you look like. I mean, I'm putting a value judgment against the members of Animal House. Yeah, what's their fraternity called? Like Kappa Douche? I don't know. They're a bunch of jerks. All right. Let's. I'm just gonna say. I don't right belong now. to that fraternity. I don't know why you're so taking all this out on me. I mean, I, I'm not taking it out on you. You're getting pretty. Defensive. You're just talking about how much I you mean, love Animal House. I don't and you understand. Think it's not just racist I have at all. Tattoo on my arm doesn't mean that. <laughs> it says that says Viva Animal House. <laughs> this is Bluto life. <laughs> because I have that fucking Bluto poster on my wall. <laughs> the one where he's wearing the poster yeah. that sweatshirt that says college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Along yeah. with like the two girls kissing and one that says, "Is your washroom breeding Bolsheviks?" And it's all up on so my what head. happened and the was the poster that says, "Everything I le- learned uh, in college," and it's all different beer cans. Yeah, and I got Einstein sticking his tongue out over. <laughs> oh, what happened was a witch grabbed Dan and cursed him to keep those posters on his walls forever. <laughs> forever. That's why you've got that Jenny McCarthy as Santa Claus's daughter. I don't know. Yeah. Poster. Uh, I don't even remember. Oh, that, that was one. one that was in the CD store poster racks when I was growing up. In the like the Sam Goody, they, you know how they sold posters in CD yep. stores. There was the 
they would change their poster selection, but there's always one that was like Jenny McCarthy in a bikini with a Santa hat on. Mm-hmm. Year round was just part of the selection. And I don't know if it's Year because, round, but she's got a Santa hat exactly. on. I don't know if it was because it was their best seller or their worst seller. Oh. They just could not move it. Because I'll tell you, those Spuds McKenzie posters, they could not they keep them on all the, the shelves. Time. Yeah, they were very seasonal. <laughs> they were so seasonal. He was holding that day's newspaper in every poster. Because <laughs> he had been kidnapped. <laughs> or he, I guess he wanted to prove he was from the future. <laughs> sure. So they, yeah, yeah, he's, he's the he was in an early version of the TV show, Early Edition. <laughs> it was called Early Early Edition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Elijah Wood turns on Vin Diesel and, uh, witch queen. And you're like, this fight is going to be good. (laughs) And the witch queen says, no, if you were born without magic, that just makes you a human. And she kills Elijah Wood. So he got played in the shade. Mm -hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the, the witch Chloe is this turnabout only matters because the witch queen shows up and Vin Diesel is like, okay, I'm going to slow motion slash this thing of fire. Now my sword is on fire. And then he just beats the shit out of her with his flaming sword. Like, it's not even close. Yeah, the way that he manages to defeat the evil witch queen, who has, I guess, bedeviled the earth for centuries, is by stabbing her in the heart with the sword. He, like, throws the fucking sword into he her. He takes a sword from his closet that he could have been using the whole movie and then just throws it at her and stabs her to the heart. The end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the flies these, she released just fall to the ground as Michael Caine looks on smiling. It's one of these movies where you're like, well, I guess this could have like been resolved in 10 minutes if you just found the witch earlier. <laughs> like, I wish, all it takes is fighting the witch, which was the plan from the beginning. <laughs> if <laughs> only there was a, a reaction shot of a couple dining al fresco in New York on this lovely summer day, only to have an entire wave of dead flies <laughs> land upon their pizza pie. And no, here's what would happen. There's a guy, if this movie was made in the late 80s, here's what would happen. Is the flies would, there'd be a guy, you would see a guy eating soup at an outdoor cafe and he'd look up mm-hmm. scared as this wave of flies uh, cover the sun and blacken mm-hmm. the skies. And people are running, ah, and he's just sitting there in shock. And then, meanwhile, Vin Diesel solves the whole problem. And then the flies fall and one of them falls in his soup and he'll go, waiter, there's a fly in my soup, and then a ton of flies would fall on his soup. <laughs> and the waiter's played by Ed Beagley Jr., I think. Yeah, Ed Beagley Jr., the dog <laughs> version of Ed Beagley Jr. <laughs> it was like a William Wegman yeah, photo. Yeah. It's just a, a, a dog. Rover Dangerfield. A dog dressed up as Ed Beagley Jr. driving an electric car. <laughs> yeah, it's a regular Rover Dangerfield situation. The sequel, Ed Beagley Jr., and they're like, it turns out. Ed Bailey Jr. just doesn't have the memorable mannerisms that Rodney Dangerfield has. <laughs> Who was Rover Dangerfield for? Like, do you think adults were like, Nobody. this fucking cartoon's going to be raw as fuck? He is. They, <laughs> I get, it has to be. I'm assuming it's one of those things that like Ralph Bakshi was the original creator. Yeah. And then they kicked him off and brought in Don Bluth. <laughs> now, so and the other thing they would do if this was an 80s movie is. Vin Diesel would then walk out of the broken church with Chloe with him, and there'd be a crowd outside chanting, Witch Hunter, Witch Hunter, Witch Hunter. And they'd kiss right in front of the crowd, cue rap. And, and then <laughs> and the credits would be would like roll. A slow pan out on New York. <laughs> yeah. And then a last witch would fly out. I mean, this is just the ending of Ghostbusters <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and it's not that far from the ending of the movie we just watched. Yeah. And so in the, in the it ending. It would be a different like pan out on New York, though. There'd yeah. be like saxophone music. Like, 
it would be it would basically the romancing the stone thing. So, so Vin. <laughs> Something we forgot to mention is that Vin Diesel lost his immortality at a certain point in the movie. So that was actually something I thought was kind of cool in that when the witch first, back in the olden days, when the witch first grabbed Vin Diesel and gave him his curse, later on it's revealed that his curse was actually her storing her immortality inside him. And that later on when they are reunited, she takes it back from him. Reunited and it feels so bad. Which it kind of makes sense because up until this point, there was nothing about his immortality that seemed like a curse. No. He was fucking living it up. And he had Wolverine healing powers. Sorry, you were saying he was living it up. What did he have in his apartment? (laughs) He was living it up. But what he had something specific in his apartment that really symbolizes what was it? How it much, was a collection kind of, of really cool swords and no, antique some watches. Kind of, some kind of recreational table of a kind that he had in his apartment. I mean, he had a lot of really nice shirts, and he drove an <laughs> Aston Martin. Oh, he had a pool table. <laughs> yep. Uh, the only way he could have been cooler is if he had an actual pool in his apartment, <laughs> which maybe he did. We didn't see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's got one of those Robert De Niro apartments where it costs $100,000 a month to rent it. What? Now I want that signed photo of Vin Diesel to say, too cool for pool. <laughs> Love Vin. <laughs> too steward. <laughs> too steward is all the way at the bottom? Yeah, that's right. Because usually the two goes at the top. I wanted Vin to play by your rules. <laughs> I want it to be signed, welcome to my ool. Notice there's no pee in it. Except in the picture, he's peeing on the pool table. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Vin always keeps me on my toes. Uh, and in the end, it's the it, we're led to believe that Vin Diesel has left the Axe and Cross and Society. The, end, now the he, love you make. Now he kills witches. Take. Now, let me finish this dumb movie. (laughs) Now he kills witches for himself, but Michael Caine's still going to work with him, and he's still super rich, so effectively his life has not changed at all, except now he's got a sidekick in the form of Chloe, the vampire who kills other vampires. She's like the Dexter of vampires, Mm -hmm. if you will. Witches, but it's the same thing. And well, we, yeah, I thought sorry, Michael Caine was going to retire. Did I say vampires? Yeah. I meant witches. Whatever stupid mythological <laughs> exactly. thing has a secret they society well be. hidden below the earth. I and mean, then, you wasn't this written by the underworld guy? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that. But this Stuart at one point. I thought it was written by David Mamet. Yeah, no, it was written by uh, uh, D- David Mammoth. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's all a stupid joke. <laughs> not, he's not like David Mammoth, but he's oh much God, bigger. The stupidest Flintstones joke. <laughs> we got to do a new Flintstones now where they go to a play by David Mammoth. And it's called Glen Gary Glen Rock. Yeah, guys, this was. Re- <laughs> The guy who wrote this uh, also wrote, he didn't write the original Underworld. He wrote uh, 2016's Underworld Blood Wars. But he also wrote. In theaters now, right? He also wrote Flophouse film Priest. Remember that one? <laughs> I think yep. I wasn't here for that one. That Paul was Bettany. A- uh, priest was the futuristic uh, priest killing vampires movie, right? Yeah. Oh, and the uh, oh, one of the other writers of this wrote Dracula Untold and Gods of Egypt. So wow. this is a it's a cavalcade of Flophouse screenwriters. And I know in early at, at one point when this movie was first in development, it was going to be directed by Timur Bembenkamp or what or yeah, Bembenkamp. No, oh, the dude who did Nightwatch. Who did Timber Nightwatch? Yeah, Tinder the app. It was going to be directed by Tinder. Yeah. Uh, so of course the movie ends. Uh, it pans back. We're it pans hoping- labyrinth. 
And uh, we we go to credits, and the credits immediately start in with this really sick ass club version of Paint It Black. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and that's it. That's the movie. So, oh, but also, oh, what I was gonna say, there's a there's a part how where are the uh, the bloopers, and there were no bloops. <laughs> no man, no bleeps, no bloops, uh, no bloops. No, blocks. no poops. <laughs> we have to assume. I mean, off the set, I'm sure they were pooping. It yeah. took them more than one <laughs> they, day to do this. Oh, they didn't do it on set. <laughs> well, that's right. about. That's good. I mean, uh, maybe for the German I, version of the film, they put it up on the. They had a big fucking sign like one rule on this set: no poop. <laughs> this is our set. Notice there's no poop in it. <laughs> well, they, there's, but, uh, there's. That's the thing about Texan subtext, guys. As long as nobody tells you that nobody's pooping on set, yeah. you can only assume they are pooping. Mm, well, like, There's nothing in the rule max. book that says I can't poop on the set. Like, actually, there uh, mm. is. Um, there's a rule about that. What is there a rule book for movie sets, Dan? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a made a bunch there's of union movies. rules. <laughs> there's like there's safety rules. There's lots okay, of rule books for okay, movie Hollywood. sets. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Doc Hollywood. What were the you doc- say? Uh, so there's a scene where they go to a bakery. And it turns out it's actually a witch runs it, and he's been putting bugs in the cupcakes. Mm-hmm. And Stewart made a made a comment about like, oh, it's so Men in Blackish, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, this movie is like Underworld slammed with Men in Black, but like without the imagination of Men in Black, I guess. Where there's the idea of the same way that like the Hellboy movies never quite do it for me because it feels a little too much like. They're just doing Men in Black. Yeah, he's like, I just want to make a bunch of Moss Eisley Cantina. Yeah, like this feels like that to a certain extent where it's like, oh, look at this hidden world going on all around you, except it's pretty boring. It's not actually that interesting or exciting, this hidden world. It's just mm. people- Yeah, it's like, we're going to do the same shit that we normally do, but there's going to be magical floating lights. There's going to be a lot of glowy things that are CGI in the air. So let's do uh, Final Judgments, whether this was a good, bad movie- a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say it's a bad, bad movie. It captured my interest uh, less than Home Sweet Hell. Uh, last last time's movie, I... I mean, we didn't even get to the scene with the witch fashion show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my attention drifted so far that uh, I had to... Paddle back to shore. <laughs> <laughs> this to was, continue watching if, the film. If this was kind of a lazy lake inner tube yeah. floating thing, then there was probably a certain point where Dan woke up, saw that he was out of sight of us. Yeah, I, out of sight of land. And had <laughs> to in the figure, middle of the sea. Quickly had to figure, I mean, this already sounds like a more exciting movie than what we watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I did not care for this movie. It bored me. I'm going to give it a bad, bad too, because it was boring. And... You know, I'm going to change things up, guys. No, you're not. And say it's a bad, bad movie. <laughs> Twist. <sighs> and that's The Last Witch Hunter, folks. Going into a bullseye interview, I know that it's somebody who does amazing work. But I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Is that possible? Is that's that true? possible. Yeah. Should I check with your therapist? <laughs> no, but I will be. Okay. Who are you, dude? You're all over the place. I got a lot of respect for you, man. That's that's dope. Bullseye. Creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. The first ever Very, Very Fun Day is coming to Tally Hall in Chicago on February 11th. 
with media sponsorship from WBEZ 91.5. Advanced tickets are sold out, but we'll have a limited number of tickets for sale at the door. So come on out for a day jam-packed with five great Max Fun podcasts, four local shows, and a comic showcase. For more information, please visit MaximumFun.org slash Very, Very Fun Day. But... Now Dan's favorite word. Where we honor our fine sponsors. <laughs> First off, <laughs> Zip Recruiter. Are you hiring? Yeah. Do you know where to post your job? I think Dan, no. de-sarcasm de- 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 it by about 45%. Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Look. It's like you were taunting people. <laughs> With ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter. You can post your job to 200 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. Wait, wait. All with a single click. One click for 200 sites? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's 200 times the effort I'm putting in. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, <laughs> per-click value, we call it. Mm-hmm, yeah, per-click. Uh Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates come rolling in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. You'll have so many qualified candidates, you're going to have to not hire some of these people, and you'll feel bad about it. You're going to get so tired of qualified candidates, you're going to start interviewing unqualified candidates just to break up the monotony. Just for the thrill. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how long is it before they introduce their mascot, Zip Recruiter, a cool teen looking for a job or to hire people? I think that we... He's an anthropomorphized uh, zipper. Yeah, maybe that's it. He's a, he's a zipper with a with a face and a cool attitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like it's a little suggestive. A zipper it could be a zipper on a coat, Dan, okay. yeah, or a dude. boot. All right. Just because there's a penis behind it, just because just because when you unzip it, all these good candidates come spilling out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, of the crotch of a pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Dan, ZipRecruiter.com. Where do I go for that? Uh, well, probably to ZipRecruiter.com, ZipRecruiter.com. right? <laughs> well, you go to your computer <laughs> or mobile device. Yeah. Press on. Mm-hmm. Wait for it to you start up. Siri. Siri. Your ZipRecruiter. phone's going weird now. <laughs> ZipRecruiter. Alexa. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Uh, Dan's He's Dan's skipping. trying to activate. ZapRooter. <laughs> ZapRousedour. Uh, Zipper from... Rescue Rangers. Dan, finish it. <laughs> finish it. <laughs> and right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. So you're, you're posting a job listing to hundreds of sites and posting places with one click for free. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe it could happen, but we're living in the 21st century, folks. Dear Penthouse, I didn't believe it could happen to me, but I posted <laughs> my job to 200 sites with one click. Dear ZipRecruiter, I always thought your letters were fake, but you don't send letters. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about something else. <laughs> Signed a confused old man. <laughs> Why do they publish this letter? Well, I guess it's somebody in the New Spanish. Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> This is a weird Andy Borowitz humor piece. Uh, so this is our other sponsor tonight, which is the Black Tux. Ooh. Looking great for a wedding or a special event has never been easier 
with the black tux.com. With high quality rental suits and tuxedos delivered to your door, the black tux is giving guys a new way to rent. And get this the black tux offers free home try on, so you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. The best part, it's completely done online to get free shipping both ways, plus a free home try on. Visit theblacktux.com slash flop. What was that again? Theblacktux.com slash flop. So if you I know saying, you're probably thinking. Okay, lay it on me. What hey, am I thinking? You're probably thinking, Dan probably doesn't have a lot of reasons to get dressed up in a tux. Or people leave the house in the morning. People don't invite him to weddings. <laughs> <laughs> he has no reason to get super dolled up. Was he going to go to the prom? That's gross. He's in his That's 30s. insane. Uh, so, but like... You know, Dan, every once in a while, you should just, like, surprise the world by just renting a tux. Or you could just put it on and lounge around the house. Yeah, like James Bond on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Like James Bond on Martin Luther King Day. (laughs) Not going into work today. It's MLK Day. I guess I'll just sit around in my tuxedo. Yeah, shouldn't change my routine. (laughs) Wearing my tuxedo jacket and no pants. (laughs) Why not? You at home. the, The pants are hanging carefully folded somewhere, no, right? Oh, sure. I'm yeah, yeah, of course. Monster. Yeah, they're not just pooled around Dan's ankles. <laughs> Although they could be. Uh, but don't Guys, be. Yeah, but they if, they get, if they're pulled around his ankles, they'll get caught up in the rollerblades he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's okay. So he's on vacation, dude. He's wearing rollerblades, a tuxedo jacket, shirt, and t- bow tie, and no pants. Cumberbund. Is he wearing a helmet? <laughs> I don't know, Dan, do you wear a helmet when you rollerblade around the house? I mean, it would be safer. One of my old fucking wuss. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. This are... CPAP machine is making Dan crazy. <laughs> Dan, you are so much tougher when you're wearing just a tuxedo shirt <laughs> and nothing else. My new look. That's what he wears new when he goes to Dan negoti- for 2017. Now, my imagination is that Dan, he, so he puts on just a tuxedo shirt, mm-hmm. and he says to himself, which routine is it today? Do I be Tom Cruise in Risky Business? Or Demi Moore in striptease, and then he just figures out which one he wants to be. Yeah, he keeps his options open. It's like when he goes to negotiate his contract at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I negotiate as Tom Cruise or Demi Moore? It's a good question. Stuart. Oh. Do you want to thank anyone for anything? Yeah, I want to. We well, on? so uh, every once in a while we get lovely things from the listeners and I am totally shitty at remembering everything I get. So I don't thank everybody, but Dan literally stuck this in my hands right before we recorded. So I would like to thank, uh, I would like to thank Chad last name withheld, uh, who made me a, uh, who was listening to an episode of another podcast on the maximum fun network of which we are a part, and you should go check it out. There's many great shows there. But he was listening to a different epi- uh, a different show, a show called The Adventure Zone, where I was a guest on the episode, and my character, yeah, that's right, folks, there's characters on this show. Characters you're never are welcome. Gonna, you're never going to believe what happens. Uh, but, my, <laughs> but my character was holding a uh, clipboard, just as Chad last name withheld was making some clipboards out of reclaimed wood. So because of this clearly divine providence, he providence, provenance, Provid- providence in this case, Pro- well, providence would be like where it comes from. from. Yeah. Providence would be like some sort of divine intervention. 
So or probably fate. both apply. Yeah, Providence, um, Providence. Or maybe so, he was in Rhode Island. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, he was he was making these. <laughs> Check out the I grave was, of H.P. Lovecraft. I don't know. So he was making uh, clipboards at the time while my character on that show. Yes, once again, there's characters on the show. All right, wrap it up. Characters welcome USA. Uh, Come on. So he sent me this very lovely reclaimed wood clipboard, uh, which I will use to hold my show notes every time we do one of these episodes. (laughs) It is uh, (laughs) your show notes. (laughs) Yeah, it is a beautiful clipboard, though. It is uh, very nice. You know, well, well, woodworked. It's going to look nice with all my carefully planned out jokes written down on there. The test of the clipboard is in the clip, not the board. That's an old clipboardist saying. Mm-hmm. Mm, sounds nice. That's good sound. Sounds well, like I've good always clip. heard it's a poor clipboard that blames its clip. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the only part that makes it more than just a cutting board. So yeah, if this was a- is incorrect. <laughs> If this was a video game and you had to craft a clipboard, there's only like two items you'd have to find around yeah, board the world. And, a clip. <laughs> and then there's a little animation of your character like duct taping them together. Yeah, and going do 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 and raising it above its head. That's all the points being counted up. All right. So now it's time. Uh I have a jumbotron. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. There's a little thing called the Jumbotron. In fact, it's a big thing. It's how you can get your message on the Flophouse. Just go to Maximum Fun. You'll be able to get to the Jumbotron. Dot org slash Jumbotron. MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Thank you, Dan. And Follow the instructions. If you've got a personal message, if you've got a commercial message, whatever you want to do, we'll say it if you pay us to say it. At We're the Jumbotron. You can make us dance. Dan called himself the puppet master earlier. <laughs> he is but a puppet in the hands of you. You the get ultimate to put your hand master. up Dan's butt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, want to get the chance to put your hands up Dan's butt? Enter our Dan's butt contest. <laughs> the first person who writes in money. writes an essay in 500 so words or less. <laughs> write us an essay, 500 <laughs> words or less, about what you would do with Dan's butt if your hand was in it. And whoever wins gets to fly... Dan will pay for the tickets to New York. Oh, wow. Dan will put you up at the Waldorf Astoria, mm. and you'll get to put your hand in his butt for up to how long? An hour? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, is to it wait, whether to shut this down or just <laughs> wait, is it a, ride the is, way. It a, is it a school day or a weekend? Uh, well, that really depends on Dan. Dan's yep. the one who decides what the day it is. And also, uh, relatives of Dan cannot enter the contest. Please or em- don't either. <laughs> or employees of McCoy Boy Industries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a conflict of interest. Yeah, you can't do it. Anyway, also, the contest is not applicable in Tennessee. Sorry, oh, Tennessee. yeah. Ooh. Anyway, so Jumbotron, it's your chance to get us to say something. In this case, here's our Jumbotron message. <clears throat> Me, 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 me. In the spirit and with full encouragement of the Star Wars Minute comes the Indiana Jones Minute podcast, which is beginning its second season as we speak, covering the heart-ripping action of Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom one minute at a time. And this is just me interjecting. Compared to The Last Witch Hunter, which also involved a heart being ripped out of someone, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom is a much better movie. It's a masterpiece. If you, uh, uh, I don't know if I go In that In comparison far. to The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> okay. If you missed their first season, go to indianajonesminute.com or subscribe to iTunes, Google, 
Play or whatever to download all 115 episodes of their Raiders of the Lost Ark coverage. So subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever podcasts are given away for free. The Indiana Jones Minute, rated. I think it's PG. PG. Uh, IJ for Indiana. Well, I mean, Jones. Indiana Jones: and The Temple of Doom was one of those movies that wasn't the story goes that it was rated PG, and they introduced the PG-13 rating because like yeah, that, that, was the, that was one of that was one of the were too rough that inspired it. Indeed. Yeah, because like Team Wolf was surfing on a fucking van and Red Dawn. No way. Yeah, no Bread Dawn. Oh, it's about bakers how they have to get up so early. (laughs) Again, not even a joke. (laughs) (laughs) The things that you get away with compared to the things you berate me for. Because I sell it, Dan. (laughs) I sell it. Yeah, Dan. Bread Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) It's a baker waking up. You're right. When you say it that way, I'm in the wrong. Um, but now, moving on. Vamping. <laughs> As I throw the other pieces of paper over my shoulder. Uh, Stephen it's J. Cannell style. <laughs> yep. they, make a bit, they make a D for Dan behind me. Uh, this is the letter segment of the podcast where we read letters from listeners. Like You're you. the listener. Oh. We're the reader of your letters. From your listeners, Dan knows how to read, and he'll prove it to you. Despite those rumors you've heard about, Dan knows how to read. He learned it in school, because, hey, kids, it's cool to stay in school so you can read letters, too, on your podcast someday or whatever the thing is they do in the future. When you grow up, maybe your words will get beamed into people's brains. Or maybe society will crumble. You'll be left to tumble into an apocalyptic post-civilization time. Perhaps you're a shaman around a fire. And your ability to read these mystic runes from the time before <laughs> <laughs> from the time before the great reckoning is seen as magic. They'll either burn you or they'll name you their king. I zoned out for a while, but I got pretty good. <laughs> I like that one better than most. Letters from listeners. Uh, so this uh, first letter is from Dave, last name withheld. Is it not? Wait, but it's not. It's, no, it's not. Not my brother. No. Okay. Thank goodness. Dave, last name Dave withheld. Dave Foley. Oh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Dave Foley. <laughs> he writes, I just had a spookily scarifying Flophouse experience that I had to share. <laughs> I was driving home. <laughs> Never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> I was driving home from a vet appointment. And put on a half-listened... I never thought your movies were true. Well, they're not. <laughs> I put on a half-listened-to episode, which happened to be your excellent deconstruction of a movie I kind of liked, Unfriended. Just a few streets away from my house, and Stuart brings up his wish list, his wish that the cyber... Wish list? <laughs> Stuart brings up his wish... Who would be on your wish list, by the way? I don't well, know why I got lists. definitely have list a witch. Uh, maybe the like, witch queen. Like Glinda? Would she be on there? Mm, maybe the love witch. What about that witch that had the season of her? What about teen witch? <laughs> I don't know if I could top that. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> he motors off on his moped. <laughs> Stuart cutting out after a successful punchline. So continue, Dan. Some kind of wish list. Stuart brings up his wish that the cyber ghost of the film would make the room smell like poop when it possessed someone. <laughs> we are really a bunch of morons, aren't we? The, go- the goofy delight Stuart takes in spouting stupidity <laughs> and his accompanying Scooby-Doo-esque giggle 
is the reason why he's my favorite flopper. So this had me laughing pretty hard until I started to smell poop. While the conversation of ghostly poop powers continued through the speakers, a terrible poopy smell filled my car. Oh, I'm sorry. For a brief moment, I thought that Dan had collaborated with John Waters and somehow created the world's first odorama podcast. Then my thoughts became somewhat more rational, and I began to consider that I might be having a stroke. Then I remembered that my cat was on the back seat in his cat carrier. He'd pooped himself. So I'm glad that I'm glad Columbo went through all the possible <laughs> outcomes. So on smells, if you mm. could pick one film to Well, Watson, once we eliminate the impossible Columbo and his Watson. Well Watson, uh, once we eliminate whatever's impossible. Uh, once we eliminate the impossible. Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> Wait, now it's Scooby Doo too. <laughs> or Gilligan's Island. That's true. They well Watson, we've gotta stop we've got to team up to stop Blofeld and the Joker. Wow, Alan Moore's writing this story. <laughs> it's a new story a called League of Extraordinary. He's lost his know, mind. There'd be a lot more. <laughs> be a oh, lot then they more all rape have sex. Weird sex. Yeah, then they all have sex with Alan each Moore, other. Right? So Alan Moore's a weird guy, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Should I realize that? Nah, he seems like a normal dude. Better. Like, he could just hang out and have a beer, go grab a... Uh, I don't know, McNuggets or what you do with your buddies? Why did it take so long for this guy? Grab some McNuggets out of his beard. (laughs) (laughs) Why did it take so long for the guy with a huge beard and like big skull rings on his hands? What for everyone to realize he might be a little weird? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, good good stuff though. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Good stuff. Keep (laughs) it up, Al. (laughs) So on (laughs) to get back to the letter. Oh man, I can't believe we just dunked on Alan Moore. (laughs) Hey, if he doesn't like it, maybe he should come and talk to us. Oh, that's right. He never leaves his town. I like his work so much. Why am I why am I attacking him? Yeah. So, on smells, if you could pick one film to experience with added odorama, what would it be? Lots of poopy wet kisses from Melbourne, Australia, Dave. So, uh, well, I would there's one scene in particular I'd want to smell. Yeah. And as always, it's the scene in the Dark Crystal where the Skeksis are just sitting around feasting on gross stuff. That's great. Because it, I want to know what that gross stuff is that they're eating. To this day, uh, starting when I was a little kid and growing up, anytime we had any kind of like meat at my house, my mother still refers to it as roast nebri, <laughs> oh, which is awesome. what the Skeksis are eating. That's great. I mean, it's got to be some sort of like feast movie, right? Like a like a big night. I mean, or... There's a ton of food movies, I guess, but like I, mean, I can smell food anywhere. I want to like or Jurassic Park. I want what a dinosaur smells like. Probably like true. poop. I mean, have you ever, like, just took a lizard and put it right under your nose? <laughs> no. That's and pretended what... it was a mustache? <laughs> yeah. You know if you got to try and sneak in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm, it's, I'm a grown-up. I've got a lizard mustache. You know, I'd want to pick something that is kind of kind of sensuous and kind of okay. uh, delicious. I like where this is like, going. has a lot of food. Okay, um, and that's it's Something that kind of makes you hungry. So I'm definitely going to pick Meet the Feebles. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be a twist. Didn't see that one coming, though. I so, feel like the natural answer is like some like magical realism or like like an Amelie. Yeah, like I bet like Amelie a, like smells a good. Like water for chocolate one or something of them like that. Rose. I'm, she probably smells good, No, she probably she smells, smells great, good, but I was... Here's I was deliberately holding myself back, back from like saying anything that could sound like I want to go smell a lady in a movie. 
Like that's the weird part of it. It's not what I got from what Stuart was saying. Yeah. Was, I just she said that the, one of those Amelie's smells good. The movie. Yeah. No. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, the so uh, here's the thing. They haven't made a movie about fried chicken yet, have they? Uh, Kentucky Fried, Kentucky fried movie. movie. There's no actual fried chicken in it. Uh, I need to check the tape. <laughs> Uh, I really want to know what a fistful of yen smells like. The, Mu- the Muppet movie, which has Kentucky Fried uh, frog legs. legs. I mean, I'd eat them. I mean, that's a, I have trouble. I watch that movie with my son a lot, and mm. I have an issue because it's like I don't want him to hurt Kermit, but I would love a fast food franchise where it's fried frog's legs. Like that would be delicious. Mm-hmm. I'd eat that all the time. Popeyes, make it happen. This is a sort of moral quandary <laughs> that truly great art uh, instills <laughs> in the soul. <laughs> it makes us really question ourselves and the world around us. Um, so moving on. This, moving right along. This one's from <laughs> Jeremy, last name withheld, mm-hmm. uh, from Chicago. Jeremy Sisto. Who writes. This is for Jeremy from the Pearl Jam song. <laughs> Stuart. <laughs> so I don't want to Jeremy's tell you. spoken. Yeah. <laughs> Class today. Stuart. Yep. <laughs> you have been a bartender. Sometimes. And now a bar owner for several years, yet you're known for drinking Coors Light on the podcast. Uh-huh. This cannot possibly be your favorite beer since, one, you are booze aficionado, and two, it tastes like a mix of an experimental grundle trowel, towel, La Croix, and boredom. So what's your real favorite beer? Love, Jeremy, from Chicago. Sisto. Whoa, uh, that's a lot of pressure. Um, like, can I be real with you guys for a second? Always, sure, yeah. I mean, only if you turn your hat backwards. Okay, and sit let on your me, chair backwards. Okay, let me see if I can. Okay, there it is. It's backwards. <laughs> you know, and, and for better, for better, best use, you probably put your pants on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. What about this baseball jersey? Should that go on backwards? Yeah, no, you're crisscrossing never. it. <laughs> uh, no, turn it on backwards. Dan and I disagree I can't on believe crisscross had to steal the style of Bugs and Taz, right? <laughs> no, Am I right, guys? <laughs> it was the other way around. <laughs> when Bugs and Taz got those little little, do, little braids. I remember it well. <laughs> twisted, I think. <laughs> yeah, when Bugs and Taz went through their uh, went through their gangster phase on oversized shirts. Mm-hmm. So. Were those licensed Wait, who are they licensing? Uh, The Looney Tunes characters? No, I mean those. That was an. I think that was a Looney Tunes brand shirt. Just seems like an interesting thing to do with the brand. I mean, I don't own it. (laughs) Stuart, why'd you make that decision? Who owns that shit? Like Dick Warner or something? Brothers, Dick and John Warner, Yakko and Wacko, (laughs) David Warner. (laughs) Holy shit! That's why he doesn't have to act that much anymore. But he's so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's since so. I would say past, lately, but. lately the beer. If if we're basing favorites off of beer I've consumed the most in the last year or so, I've been drinking a lot of the Ballast Point Even Keel Session IPA. Uh, but my favorite two beers, one is not available anymore now, is the uh, Ballast <laughs> Point Indra Kunindra Curry flavored Stout, and I really like the Hitachino Red Rice Ale. So, answered. And Just David an David Warner still alive. I was worried That's that he great. had died. Yeah. Um, so this letter asks. Re, this is from Lee. Last name withheld. Mm-hmm. The jeans. Yeah, that's right. The <laughs> can't bust them. This is from some loose fit jeans. Recently, <laughs> <Loose fit. laughs> recently, like, maybe, on, maybe on you. <laughs> Wait, hold on. 
I'm, I'm morbidly obese. <laughs> Stonewashed jeans. Recently, my friends were discussing the childhood phenomenon of finding a movie you fell in love with so hard you watched and repeat for months. I'm talking about the first VHS you spent allowance on and went to town all summer. For me, it was Grease 2, at least 30 times, probably more. But friends mentioned Teen Witch, Poltergeist 2, Heavenly Kid, Just One of the Guys, and that Rob Lowe movie, Class. This conversation happened between ladies, so this might be gender-specific. I would argue that none of these are objectively good movies, but they hold such a nostalgia place from the age of 7 to 10, you can't even claim to ironically like them. You just love them regardless of their flaws. What movie did you fall hard, obsessively, for as a child that will be burned into your brain? Do you remember what the childhood appeal was? Again, that's from Lee. I mean, speaking for myself, there are very few movies I watched over and over again as a child that I don't still love because I had impeccable taste. But okay. one that one that I had to watch a lot because it was my sister's favorite movie was Teen Wolf. Yeah. Which was not is not a very good movie. But I feel like I know that movie inside and out, even though I haven't seen it in years because we watched it so many times. So there's a little bit I've has some affection for it, even though it's was not your a good movie. sister a big? Was she? Did she have a crush on Michael J. Fox? Did she identify with like an out, like a uh, kind of a wallflower who becomes like a cool outsider? All the, and she was a werewolf, so all that stuff. Oh, we yeah. played basketball. <laughs> okay. So all that stuff, yeah, yeah. And she was a champion. That's why you loved uh, Baby the Lost Dinosaur or whatever. Well, the uh, Legend of the Last Dinosaur. <laughs> that's a movie I know I watched multiple times, and I remember almost nothing about it except literally like an African village where everyone's rushing around and and running. Yeah, I remember it's a movie where like ninety percent of it you get no dinosaur, and then right at the end you get dinosaurs, and then you're like, that's it. Was that? Is that the movie where the couple is it wants to make love, and every time they start making out or undressing, they hear a roaring sound outside? Or is that a different? Or is it that every horror a, movie ever made? I think that's Carnosaur. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Dan? Uh, well, I the thing is, I remember better what movies I watched from like around the age of fourteen over and over again. Like I watched Heather's and Aliens obsessively for a while. I, mean, I like one of those. There. Well, you're wrong about the other. But uh, you don't even know which one I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure I do. But uh, not a fan of Heather's. Yeah, that was my guess. Okay. Um, but the thing about movies I saw as a kid is they all had to do pretty much with what was played over and over again on HBO. Mm. Like uh, my brother John insists that I loved this horrible live action slash animated movie uh, called The Water Babies. That oh, I remember that one. It was yeah. like from like 78 or something. And it was just like the character design was just grotesque, like precious moment figurine style thing. And it had it had a bunch of like it had like James Mason as one of the voices and like people like that. But it was terrible. And he's like, no, you love that as a kid. I'm like, no, it was just on television. Like when you're a kid, you watch something that's on television, especially if it's a cartoon. You're like, You'll I'm just going to watch it over and over again if it's on over and over again. Like, I also, something I have more fondness for now than that, but I watched just because it was on all the time, was Beastmaster. And I think I like Beastmaster. It's a cool movie, dude. No, it's great. He talks to beasts. I think I, but I think. Eventually the, goes through the portal of time. I mean, he's got Pono and Kodo, Well, that's, dude. I, that's what I'm saying. I think the main attraction for me as a kid was that he had two ferrets. That, yeah, and you're, like, imagining a world, like... You you stare off into the distance and everything fades and then it's you with two ferrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you were doing a ferret pet film festival, it would just be what Beastmaster, Kindergarten Cop, and what else? 
uh, along game Polly. Okay. I mean, three makes a festival, right? Yeah, that's a festival. Yeah, and then you just have that. You'd also have that audio of Giuliani like yelling about ferrets. <laughs> yeah, and how sick the people who own them are. Yeah, it reminds me of. Uh, there was. I remember after From Hell came out, mm-hmm. looking up the IMDb entry, and it was like people. If you liked From Hell, you might also like Rising Sun. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think the only thing in common here is that a prostitute gets murdered in both of these movies. <laughs> this is not a genre. Stuart, what about you? Uh, so when I was a kid, I re- there was a couple movies that I remember like renting and watching the shit out of. So that would be like Police Academy, what is that, Four, Citizens on Patrol. Watch that a fuckload. Uh, and Ski Patrol, another movie I watched a ton. And I think the attraction in both cases was a ton of hilarious goofs mm-hmm. and sound effects. You know what I used to rent a lot was Terror of Mecha Godzilla. For some reason, that was the Godzilla movie I wanted to watch the most. Uh, but anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, Stuart. No, it's cool. Uh, I also remember renting and watching Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen a bunch, and I like that because of the hilarious jokes <laughs> and the copious amounts of weird nudity. Um, but the, I think that, <laughs> but those are just the runner-ups. <laughs> Uh, I remember <laughs> the winner. My my uncle gave me a, the Academy Award for film Stuart watched as a child that he most. was obsessed with. Well, I remember a friend of mine or my uncle gave me a VHS tape that had a early English dub of Nausicaa Valley of the Wind on it, and I remember like not understanding it but being totally like blown away by this crazy movie mm-hmm. and loving it and then at my birthday party, insisting everybody watch it, and everybody was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember getting in a big fight with Andy Kisco and him going home because he didn't like the movie I made everyone watch. Namesake of Mount <laughs> Kisco, New York. Yeah. Way to put Andy Kisco on blast. I mean, no, it was my fault. I forced him to watch a movie. And I'm the bad guy. Now he's the successful founder of Kisco, the only company that sells kisses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got one last letter. For this evening. <laughs> At Kisco, we're not prostitutes, technically. <laughs> <laughs> prostitutes won't let you kiss them. <laughs> They'll do everything but. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Rachel, last name withheld. Elliot and Stewart exchange a knowing, uncomfortable <laughs> look. Rachel, last name withheld, right? Getting married. I was reading Mary Roach's nonfiction book, Packing for Mars in a chapter about NASA's research into zero-G sex, when I came across the following footnote. So this is a quote from Mary Roach's book, Packing for Mars. This is no doubt the reason that even Stephen, quote, the hunter, Hunt, the man whose pictures and video feed comprise underwatersex.net, chose to opt out of neutral, uh, neutral buoyancy and dropped down about 30 feet to a sandbar for his, quote, nude scuba encounter with an unnamed, bored, lonely housewife. Says Steve, can you imagine all the positions you can do while weightless? You'll have to, because Steve runs through the same old positions you'd see back in the dive shack, only with unattractive, face-distorting scuba gear. So, end quote. First off, that's... Pretty critical of Scooby Gear. And I'm kind of surprised that Mary Roach's editor let, kept that footnote in. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I thought of you guys. How is it possible that after all these years you never checked underwatersex.net? And how did Stuart not already know about this? Apologies for a personal aside, but my mom died a couple of years ago, and when I couldn't sleep, I listened to your podcast over and over. 
You helped me through a really rough time, and I've always wanted a reason to email and let you know. So that's very sweet. That well, is, thank you for listening. I'm glad we could help you through a hard time. That's one of the hardest times. Yeah. yeah. But let's not dwell on that. Let's dwell on underwatersex.net. I believe that the, that the page we were originally going to was called Aquafan. Oh, okay. For, I kept thinking it was a play on Submariner. <laughs> <laughs> now I checked out underwater. No, that was that sub sandwich page that we found. <laughs> I did check out underwatersex.net, and it seems to have been removed since whenever this. Oh, oh does that mean that old a book? Is that a free URL or whatever? Yeah, let's. I mean, let's uh, jump on that. Ch- let's Squarespace sponsor us again so that I can talk about it. Or someone out there in the world uh, buy up underwatersex.net for us and redirect it to the Flabass. <laughs> what? What good would that? <laughs> what? Do? Uh, the only thing reason that would be good is then we could then advertise as the Flabass podcast. Visit us at underwater. Yeah, we only talk about it every episode, basically. (laughs) As you know, there's one thing we talk about on this podcast, and that's doing it underwater. Uh, well, Rachel, thanks for I wonder the who's squatting on the domain underwatersex.net Had right to use now. the word squatting. <laughs> Someone has bought that up and is convinced mm-hmm. it's their ticket to millions. Yeah, it's a, guy, it's a guy named Drax. He's got a water fortress and he fights James Bond. Uh... Well, anyway, that's a, that's a thing that we call letters. That's how it goes. Way to undercut the segment, Dan. <laughs> that's a little I'm, thing we hear at the Flophouse called letters. That was, is that the extra on the Flophouse DVD? The, se- the documentary about the letter segment is called and A Thing We Called Letters? That's right. <laughs> so what it's do we do talking next heads year, of us, unlike the regular podcast, which is talking disembodied voices of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the next now, thing we do the, when we and it's this is you. Yeah. You're not looking directly at the camera. You're looking off to the side to the interviewer, and you're like, "When we started reading letters, we were just a bunch of guys looking to find out what our mail was. We didn't know it would turn into a national trend." Then it cuts to a reenactment of us like opening the letters, opening the fr- and it's well, it's grainy video from VHS, and it's Dan, and he looks much younger. It's he's a got longer hair, camera, yeah. and he's like. Our first letter. Let's see what it says inside. Yeah, it's a DVD extra. It's like a Fox reality show from 1990. That's like a documentary about the earliest days of the letter segment. All right. Yeah, we're an episode of Tattoo Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's an alien autopsy thing all of a sudden. Like all reenactments. Yeah, and when he opens up the fucking envelope, there's an alien corpse in there, and we're like, what? <laughs> How they fit that in the and envelope? then we give each other a high five, because this is awesome. <laughs> and then the alien corpse turns to the camera, winks, and goes, it's a living. And then eats some pizza, and then surfs off listening to Joe Satriani. Because <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a Saturday morning cartoon from the early... <laughs> The early nineties. Look, that's the thing. I'm just trying to decide what 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 thing we are. We got to pick a genre and stay in that lane. Anyway, okay. So what do we do now? Dan? Now is the last segment on the show where we recommend a movie that we actually like that you should watch instead of The Last Witch Hunter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a very knowing. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll I'll go really quickly because it's award seasons, dude. You probably got a no, bunch of I recommendations. Don't. Here's the yeah. thing: I haven't You've been watched, watching all those screeners. I haven't watched anything since last time. So I went, I ran over to my DVD collection and I <laughs> scanned it, and I'm like, "What's a movie that I haven't?" <laughs> it was a little before? pathetic. Dan was like, oh, "I didn't realize I had this." So I'm gonna recommend a movie that I think I haven't recommended before, just because I own it. <laughs> And that is <laughs> help. A lot of people uh, talk about A Hard Day's Night, and rightfully so. It's a great movie. It's the best Beatles movie. But I think you'll find that help is a lot of fun. 
it's uh, a little goofier because it's not it doesn't have the framing of a day in the life of the Beatles that even though it's not actually obviously a day in the life of the Beatles lends a certain fake air of documentary to uh, a hard day's night uh, help is a lot sillier being as it is uh, Leo McKern who you may know as Rumple of the Bailey as a cult leader who loses or from his the prisoner ring all right but he's Titular character in Rumpel. I just know our audience. Okay. I mean, they probably saw the prisoner. I don't know. Uh, but he he needs to get his uh, his his ring back, his ceremonial ring, and of course Ringo has it because Ringo is uh, he loves rings. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's if he was, it's like he's the he's the least interesting Marx brother. <laughs> Groucho's always a Groucho. He's Groucho. You love the chicks. You're Chico. And uh, what is that you're wearing on your finger? A ring? Uh, you're Ringo. Whatever. Yeah. So, and you, you're eating spaghetti? Uh, Spaghetti-O marks. Help. What's that? Like gel in your hair? Jell-O marks. <laughs> you're going to hell? Hell-O marks. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, help is also directed by Richard Lester, who did Hard Day's Night. So it's got a lot of the same... Uh, zany humor uh it's a lot more day glow being in color it's a pop art uh it's got a lot of great music as you would expect from a beatles movie and it's a lot of fun so check out help uh let's see i'm gonna recommend uh a movie i remember enjoying quite a bit in college it's a thriller that i don't think i've recommended before and if i have Mm -hmm. eh, who cares um, yeah, we make the rules. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie called Session Nine. It's a movie about a small crew of as, uh, asbestos cleaners who get hired to clear out the asbestos in a an old, defunct mental hospital. Uh, and most of the movie takes place at their like job site with these guys uh, just you know doing their work. And it's a naturally creepy environment. And they're also surrounded by what looks like, you know, like kind of unchecked wilderness a little bit. So it's a little bit, it's a fairly oppressive and yet still brightly lit situation. Uh, There's some really great performances. Um, The movie doesn't go, the movie has a tendency to leave a lot of stuff uh, relying, uh, a lot of stuff unseen and relying on sound and uh, just performances uh, it's, pr- I remember it being really creepy. Um, and it's got some fun performances from the likes of Josh Lucas, David Caruso, and a great, uh, central performance by, uh, Peter Mullen. So session nine, if you like, I don't know, like a kind of creepy, creepy thriller, check it out. So another movie that we haven't seen in a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to recommend a movie I've seen within the past few months. Oh, Novelty. And it's also a witch movie to get to capture the, you know, just jump on the bandwagon. I don't get the connection. This guy's hunting a witch, but not so he can kill her, so he can kiss her. It's called I Married a Witch, and it stars Frederick March and Veronica Lake. Veronica Lake is the titular witch. Oh, from from, uh, L.A. Confidential. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Veronica Lake from L.A. Confidential uh, and Top of the Lake. (laughs) <laughs> which is a movie about her head. Oh, uh, top of the lake to you. It was directed by Renee Claire and uncredited, but because who knows why, it wasn't yet the blacklist time, I don't believe. Uh, Dalton in the, Trumbo. In the yeah, Dalton Trumbo, exactly. <laughs> Dan's favorite guy to make the most obvious joke in the world about, <laughs> Dalton Trumbo. 
But it's about uh, this woman is being burned for being a witch. Maybe she's being hung for being a witch. I don't remember. And she ca- she casts a curse on the family of the man who has caused all this, that they will never find happiness and love again. That's in, of course, the 17th century. Flash forward to the 1940s, and a, the descendant of that family is running for governor, and the witch comes back, and she decides she's going to ruin his life, but a love potion goes awry, and she falls in love with him. But how's he going to deal with the fact that this lady's a witch? Uh, the gender politics of the movie are a little old-fashioned, let's just say that, but it's a genuinely funny movie, and uh, the performance of, uh, I forgot the name of the actor, who plays Veronica Lake's character's father, who's also a witch, and is just out-and-out sinister, but in a very fun way, is very funny. So, I Married a Witch. It's a funny movie about a witch who marries a guy. Mm -hmm. And just a public service announcement, remember, Trumbo... Sounds like Dumbo. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by the Obvious Joke Council. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Well, that brings another Flophouse episode, sadly, to a close. We have to say goodbye to you, our dear listeners. Mm -hmm. But fear not. We'll be back. Mm -hmm. And so, good night. I've been Dan McCoy. Hey. Uh, yeah. So, um, Stuart, yeah. did you forget that you also say your name in the end? I am, um, you know, I'm Stuart Wellington. Am I Elliot Kalen? Who can say who they are in this world? I'm just going to say, I'm me trying to be the best me I can be. Good night, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Uh, so that's that's so my point. I'm saying don't gripe to me. Argentina. Don't gripe to me. Argentina. I've got problems mm. of my own. <laughs> uh, stepped on a bit. Stepped on a bit. <laughs> that's my new country western song. <laughs> You were trying to make a joke, so I stepped on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, let's do the intro first, and then afterwards we'll do the episode. <laughs> all right, then what do we do after that? Then we go home. <laughs> I mean, I'll be here already. I mean, you're you're going home, though. Yeah. In that you're dying. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Yep. Told me it felt like going home. Walking through fields of wheat. <laughs> It's me, Maximus. <laughs> In <Everybody>, the original. <laughs> Evan is just walking through fields of wheat, and you, you reach out and you run your fingers through the wheat. <laughs> That's it. That's all. That's the whole thing. L is just do the same thing, but it's not wheat. It's penises. Oh, baby, do you know what, it's, what, what that's worth? Oh, heaven is a place on earth. But L is for children. <laughs> Uh, all right. You know what, Master Bruce? Love is a battlefield. <laughs> um. so I ran, Master Bruce. I ran so far away. Gotta get away. Yeah. I dialed 867-5309, Master Bruce. The angel was my centerfold. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Anyway, let's do the intro.
Okay, and then we'll do the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I kind of stepped on the bed. Oops, I did it again. I stepped on your bit. Got lost in the thing. Oh, Danny, Danny. Let's do the intro, Dan. Come on, what are you waiting for? And then we'll do the episode. <laughs> <laughs> then we go home. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.